It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Reception Perception, the show. Now, James Cole and Matt Harmon. You're in You're in Las Vegas, okay? There was uh, He was supposedly supposed to go to Las Vegas, then all of a sudden, boom, 180, about face. He goes to the East Coast now, and then now he ends up in Washington. Brother, I am just, I am flabbergasted. I'm confused. I'm just, I don't understand what is going on. How are there not just what, how's there not one team, but multiple teams interested in the services of Cliff Kingsbury? How is this possible? Does he have the best agent in the universe? What is going on, Matt Harmon? How is Cliff Kingsbury the OC in Washington? Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, I, one of my buddies texted me yesterday. You know, he's a Commanders fan, longtime suffering Washington fan, and he's just like, "Tell uh-huh. me." He, after the Dan Quinn hire and after the Cliff Kingsbury hire, he sends me exact the exact same text, which is, "Just tell me how to feel." Uh, <laughs> and I was like, "I don't really have a lot for you with Cliff because I find him to be one of the more confounding figures." in the NFL. I mean, and obviously just in football in general, cause he has spent time in college football. Obviously there's right. going to be a ton of Caleb Williams connections because he was USC's quarterback coach. Um, although did he even have the best year that he possibly could have Caleb Williams at USC this past no. year? No. no. So, I mean, I don't even, and he's all Caleb Williams also, you know, DC area ties. He's, he's got the whole thing. So there's obvious connections kind of going on there, but yeah, I, I just, it's got to be tough if you are a Commanders fan because you were riding this high of new ownership. Like we're okay, we don't have like a full on criminal um, <laughs> at least to our to our knowledge. We don't have a full on criminal owning the team. You know, we we might have some like we hire Adam Peters, who is a really hot GM candidate. Everybody okay. assumes that they're going to get Ben Johnson. Um, that was what I, I was. Uh, that was my understanding. Now right. that's devolved to the point that they're like back and forth sniping, you know, passive aggressive through sources in the media. So that's right. kind of got to make you feel weird and just coming away from it with Dan Quinn and, and Cliff Kingsbury. I, I really, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to feel. Um, and cause there's, there were times I think in Arizona and like, I, I can't speak much to Cliff Kingsbury's tenure as a college coach. Cause I don't watch college football like that, but just yeah. from a play caller standpoint in Arizona, James, I would say there were times where I felt that, he did some good things in the run game specifically. I thought there were times that 
Arizona's run game with whether it was James Conner or even at times with Chase Edmonds and obviously building some of that off of Kyler Murray as a mobile threat, they did some really good things, I think, with with the ground game in Arizona. However, the pass game was, I mean, frustrating. Um, you know, whether it was the a lot of bubble screen stuff with like Rondell Moore that wasn't really going anywhere, you know, lining DeAndre Hopkins up at left wide receiver and never, ever, never. ever, ever moving. <laughs> I mean, get used to get used to that side of the field, Terry McLaurin, because that's all you're going to do. I think that it, it just I, – I just don't know how to feel. I don't know how to really spin it in a super optimistic way. But you're right. It does seem like people are still into the Cliff Kingsbury idea at least. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm just so confused. Where, where has this guy been good? You know, he goes to Texas Tech. This guy has Patrick freaking Mahomes. He doesn't win at Texas Tech. I just want, I want people to understand this now. All right? He had Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. They didn't win a lot of games. You know what I mean? Like 2015, no. they, they went 7-6. and six. 2016, they went 5-7. and seven. With Patrick Mahomes, ladies and gentlemen. This is Cliff Pretty Kingsbury. good quarterback. I just want to know how you have Patrick Mahomes in college and you have a losing record. How, how is this possible? You go five and seven with Patrick Mahomes. It just, it seems impossible. Then again, so, so not only does he go to Arizona and again, the, the league figured out his offense four years ago. All right. It's the, one of the most unimaginative offenses that we've got, because again, very static, you know, you don't move your players around the field. You know, New Hopkins lined up on that left wide side, you know, 80% of his snaps, barely moved inside ever. Okay, then he goes to USC. And again, as you mentioned, Caleb Williams. What, what's the big knock on Caleb Williams right now? Is the fact that he played fantastic football two years ago. But then last year under Cliff Kingsbury, didn't play very well at all. Kind of regressed a little bit. Not a little, a lot, a lot. That's the biggest knock right now on Caleb Williams. This is the man that you want to bring into your building to lead the offense. Again, Matt Harmon, I'm just confused, brother. How is this guy a hot, like, you know, OC candidate? It just, it boggles the mind. I don't understand it. Well, and to be fair, uh, to the well, to be fair to the idea of him being a hot coordinator candidate, you know, I think the two spots that seem to be really after him, uh, which is obviously where he landed in Washington and where he backed out, or seemingly contract talks mm -hmm. fell apart there with Vegas. None of those two teams were really in a power position to hire an offensive coordinator, right? Like they talked the the Bears talked to him and they went with Shane Waldron, who I think is a much better choice and, a, and it was running much more competent offenses there in mm -hmm. Seattle, you know, as opposed to uh, what was going on with the Arizona Cardinals. Neither of those teams uh, in Las Vegas and Washington were really in a position I think to to court a hot candidate for Washington obviously because they waited around forever for Ben Johnson and kind of got spurned. Um, you know, I'm not saying that he went full Josh McDaniels on them, but he did go kind of Josh McDaniels <laughs> 
Daniels adjacent uh, <laughs> yeah, on sure. them at least. Sure. And you know what? Whatever. That's obviously that's Ben Johnson's right to do what he wants with his career. And I'm not I'm not saying like a, a negative thing about him or whatever. Uh, so that that was definitely a last minute sort of we got to pivot. All right, we're hiring yep. Dan Quinn, and and now he's got to build out a staff when a lot of guys have you know whether it's Zach Robinson who probably honestly if you think about it like. In terms of offensive coordinator hires, it's probably like Zach Robinson is one of the more inspiring ones, and then the others are kind of like, okay, you know, guys getting kind of second, third chances, whatever. Um, we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, it wasn't like they were in a power position to recruit a good offensive coordinator. And clearly, while I while I think that Antonio Pierce deserved the head coaching job here in Vegas and, and mm-hmm. should have been their pick, there have obviously been – issues with him recruiting and building out a staff because like right he doesn't have a long catalog of like guys he has worked with and and like you know connections and and things of that nature uh that's just the way it is when you hire a very green and inexperienced coach which doesn't end up means it doesn't it doesn't mean it ends up being a bad thing or a bad hire it just kind of that's just the the cost of doing business when you're trying to develop this new young coach. So I don't know. Maybe he isn't that hot of a candidate. It's just these two teams were kind of out of <laughs> yeah, options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I got you. The Raiders end up going with Luke Getze, who I definitely think there were a lot of issues uh, with that yeah, Chicago yeah, yeah. offense that, right. that were that were primarily Luke Getze's fault. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You no, you. I mean, you talk about it, man. Like, find me a Chicago fan that likes Luke Getz. You ain't gonna find one. No, you ain't gonna find one. You know. So, so I get it. And, and even then, even then, the Raiders, I think, dodged a bullet. You know, like they bring in Getz. Yeah. I'd rather have Getz ten times out of ten over <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury. That's tough. Yo, with Cliff Kingsbury, you know you're gonna lose. That's the that's the problem. It, it's like I don't know, man. Like. I get it. Like, you know, we're, we're deep in the weeds with this kind of stuff, you know, but there had to have been like some random wide receiver coach, you know, yeah. some long time O-line coach that you can go somebody, anybody, please more than Cliff Kingsbury. Like it doesn't make any sense. This shit don't make no sense to me. Uh, and you know, and the funny thing is, Matt, I generally like head coaches, um, that end up being coordinators because they're mm-hmm. they they have an understanding of how to organize a practice. They have an understanding of of basically just how to run the ship, right? So you know you can basically leave them alone, uh, mm-hmm. which I think probably helps the the structure uh, in place there. Uh, generally, when you're talking about a, a, a new coach coming into a new place, so I don't know, man. Uh, Washington, I know, is felt you know Washington fans. I feel like they feel very lukewarm at best about both of these hires in Dan Quinn uh, and Cliff Kingsbury. So we shall see. I don't know. A temperature check there in Philadelphia. How do you think the fans feel about Kellen Moore now the OC in Philadelphia? You know, I've kind of gone a lot of different directions with Kellen Moore um, because when he first got on the scene as as the offensive coordinator in Dallas prior even to Mike McCarthy getting there, I thought mm-hmm. Kellen Moore had some good ideas. You know, like there was a lot of pre-snap motion. There's a lot of um, – Creative stuff with heavy formations, like multiple tight ends, sometimes even three tight ends, um, yeah. even tight ends like lined up in the backfield at times. There was some really interesting stuff there. I thought there was good use of play action uh, in the early kind of days of Kellen Moore's offense. 
I definitely started to balk at the notion, and like this is on this is on record. You can go listen to any shows I've talked about this. I definitely started to balk at the notion that at the end of the McCarthy Moore partnership, like everybody just assumed that, oh yeah, all the good stuff is definitely Kellen Moore, and all the bad stuff is definitely Mike McCarthy. And I actually think yeah. that this year with Mike McCarthy just being the only play caller and offensive, well, I mean Brian Schottenheimer was an offensive coordinator, but Mike McCarthy is mostly running the show and calling the plays there in Dallas this past year. You know, obviously it didn't end well for them, but I think he did a pretty good job at times structuring that offense as more true traditional West Coast offense. And sometimes when you're not having that push and pull of ideas, it actually can right. work out really well. Um, the, the the thing is, though, it's tough to gauge Kellen Moore as a standalone offensive coordinator because I know with things were disappointing in Los, uh, Los Angeles this past year with the Chargers, but it's like, you know, I don't know what you were going to do when – your starting running back gets hurt in week one. Um, yeah. Your backup running backs have just never been able to be standalone guys. Uh, Mike Williams gets hurt in week three. You got to throw Quentin Johnson into a role he's not ready for. Um, he was mm-hmm. probably not ready to play any roles we've talked about. And it just, it, and then obviously Herbert gets hurt at the end of the year. They have uh, right. consistent pass protection issues. And I, I think that I'm not sure that Kellen Moore raised his stock this past year. Maybe it, his stock is a little bit lower than it probably was in previous years, oh, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I do think that some of the stuff in his offense is going to benefit the Eagles specifically because it's like talk about static that that is the Eagles offense from the past few years. And, you know, like Brian Johnson just clearly wasn't ready to be the play caller because the offense functionally and structurally is pretty similar in Philadelphia in 2023 and 2022. The difference is they just had Brian Johnson pulling the strings and not Shane Sykin. And Shane Sykin is just clearly better at this than Brian Johnson is at this point. I I think that I'm really interested to see the product that they put out on the field this coming season, James, because like what Kellen Moore has done with under center play action at times and, you know, moving these receivers around into optimal formations and, um, you know, like, that's none of that was being done in Philadelphia the past couple of years, but can the quarterback do that? Because I think if the quarterback could do that, can get under center and which, which we haven't just, we haven't seen Jalen hurts operate that way. So I don't know if that is a Jalen hurts thing or like an Eagles offense thing. So that marriage is going to be particularly interesting, but if that comes together, I think it's a good, it's a good bit of news for AJ Brown and Devonte Smith, who I think the usage for those guys has been a little too static. The route combinations have been a little too static the last few years. So if we can successfully blend players and personnel here, I think this actually could be a decent offensive coordinator hire.